Uh, welcome back, Nebraska Athletics Podcast, episode 12. It is um, February 7th, Thursday, 2 10 p.m. here at North Stadium. Joined by Brian Rosenthal. I'm Jeremy Foote. Uh, I think we're going to talk some signing day, a little bit of basketball. Uh, let's see, we got softball kicking off today, I believe. Uh, exhibition game, and then their season starts tomorrow, and then uh, Husker baseball is in action this uh, next weekend. So, all kinds of stuff to uh, chat about today. Change of season. Yeah. Um, so, Brian, what's what? What have you learned over the last week, and I guess more specifically, probably yesterday at uh, from Scott Frost regarding signing day. Well, first of all, I have a question for you. Okay. If I were to ask you how many Huskers, a how many Huskers, and then b who they are that were invited to the NFL Combine, what would your answer be? Well, you know this. I, I, you, you saw it already. Didn't I don't you? even know the answer because oh, okay. well, I actually never saw the list. But yeah, I it so just came out. I thought so maybe yeah. you hadn't seen it yet. Uh, I'm I'm pretty quick sometimes. Um, sometimes in that Twitter, the Twitterverse, it came out. I saw it. Um, yeah. Well, to, let's discuss that. So uh, the answer to the question is one. And correct. If I knew the answer was one, I probably could get it, which was it would Stanley be Stanley Morgan. Morgan if I didn't know the answer. But I would have initially, if I did not know the answer, I would have guessed at least two. I would have said Stanley Morgan and Divine, Divine Ozebo. So yeah. it's a bit surprised that Divine did not get an invite. That was kind of disappointing for him. Um, not to say there's not a path for him to still make it, but I'm with you. I thought there would be two, with those two being the two. Uh, I think everybody figured Stanley Morgan would be on there, but um, based on the latter season that Divine had and then his um, Shrine Bowl game mm-hmm. in the postseason and I know he got a lot, lot of love there and everything so uh, frustrating, disappointing but I'm sure he can still make his way somehow, some way a lot of former Huskers do it without the NFL Combine so and there is the Combine at Nebraska still that he and other yeah. Huskers will Pro perform day. at in, uh, yeah, Pro Day which I don't know the exact date on that, but that's coming um, up here in another month or so, I think. So. For some reason, I want to say like March 9th. That sounds close to eighth, accurate. 7th, 8th, night, somewhere in that time frame, yeah. I feel like I've seen Within the day. next month or so, yeah. Yep. So I don't know, maybe that's, a, I guess I never looked at the list to see. There's roughly, I think, 300 and some guys that were invited to the Combine. 322 comes to my mind right now. Could be, I, don't, yeah. I guess I don't look, I, I never looked to see how many running backs actually were invited, and maybe... Maybe the Divine not getting an invite is just kind of the general devaluing of the running back in the NFL over the last couple of years. Of yeah, it's hard to say. Yeah, it's guys are a lot of factors in there. I'm sure. Yeah, so we'll see. I, I we're biased. We we would have liked to seen him go there, but I'm sure yeah. there's lots of reasons that he's not. So but yeah, I still think he has a chance to to get drafted. And if absolutely. not, if if he doesn't go on. If he doesn't get drafted in those three days, though, Divino Zigbo will end up on a team at training camp somewhere and will have a chance to prove yeah. himself to make a roster. So, I think so, too. Well, speaking of football... Um, was Rex Burkhead, did he go to NFL Combine? That's a good question. Um, I don't think he See if I can look that did. up while we're talking, while we're talking signing day. It's, yeah, I He would be an example sure. of a guy who made something... Obviously, he won on the Super Bowl winning team this past mm-hmm. Sunday. So congratulations to Rex. Um, Played a key role. Had uh, had a huge role. Had a huge role. Ran had the, the run at the end of the game. Yeah, man. absolutely. Not so the Patriots might not have won anyway, but that uh, basically sealed the game. But an example of somebody who 
we're, we're thinking he didn't go to the signing day, or excuse me, to the uh, um, uh, pro day. But if he did, that's that's great. But I'm thinking he I'm thinking he maybe did not. So uh, a quick Google search we'll you says that out real quick here that and it looks like Rex Burkhead was. A running back in, was invited to the combine. He was invited to the combine. Was, yes. All right. Well, then, there you go. So I would have lost that bet. That's why I don't bet, Jeremy. So. 40-yard dash time, 40 point, 4.73. So hmm. Bet he can run faster than that. I would have thought so, too. I don't get into all the measurables and everything. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not good for... Um, I'm just not good with that stuff. I'm just that's never I never have been. So, which is why recruiting is always kind of a weird thing for mm-hmm. me too, because it has a lot of those same measurables that, you know, you can put some stock into them. But I know Nebraska got a receiver yesterday that is really really fast, and they like fast receivers, especially in this offense. I think so, everybody likes fast receivers. Yeah, Demarion Houston from Oklahoma City was the lone signee on uh, on the late signing period, which is kind of weird to say for football nowadays. Mm-hmm. We're still kind of getting used to that, but. Wednesday was the final late signing period, beginning of it. Uh, Nebraska added a speedy receiver from Oklahoma. So I don't know. Have you seen any highlights of him or know much about him as far as his play, Jeremy? Or not? Uh, I saw a little bit of his play um, from the highlight tape that we put up on Hustlers.com. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm like you. I I see those guys play and see him play in high school, and it's hard to tell like how that transitions to yeah. the college game. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, on paper, looks like a very talented individual, um, and they like him as a person too. Yes. They like his family, and I think it's a good fit overall. So, and there are a lot of uh, high-profile schools after him. I always kind of acknowledge that more than I do stars and those sorts of things. Like who else was after the kids? So I think that's uh, that's a good sign as well too. But uh, uh, did you go to the signing day press conference yesterday? Were you there? Uh, I went did up you there watch for it? a little bit. Yeah, I came back down, uh, listened to almost all of it. I thought it was interesting um how coach frost kind of talked about how you know they were probably quite a bit obviously quite a bit behind last year just from when they started here and then how you kind of have to play a lot of catch up and it seems like they've caught up quite a bit they feel like they're only maybe half a cycle behind they're already looking at 2021 guys um yeah, it was interesting. It looks like I think they're getting more skilled players in the type of frames and skill sets that they want for this offense. Um, and then they've – the interesting thing this year is it seems like they've been able to go out and get a lot of in-state talent that that kind of ebbs and flows from year to year. But a lot of in-state talent that's actually on scholarship. And then I think they're – fairly excited about the walk-on class they brought on that isn't mm-hmm. overly large but they feel like you know most of those guys probably could contribute next year but get them in the strength program and those are guys that maybe contribute a couple years down the road yeah i think this was a lot different than last year's late sunning press conference where they had eight or nine guys mm-hmm. or something like that and as you mentioned frost didn't feel like he's behind the eight ball as much this year as he was last year so I thought that contributed to a very lighthearted press conference for him yesterday. He seemed really upbeat and really positive and almost, you know, laid back and joked with the media and uh, just uh, kind of a jovial, lighthearted news conference, which you like those sorts of things because that tells you that things are in a pretty good state right now. So, And it kind of seems like, and not just here, but across the board, I'm going to assume moving forward, most teams are probably going to fill their classes in December. Yeah. Then there's going to be guys that hold out. I mean... I think, more, I think more so than coaches originally thought, yes. too. I really do. I think it's been more of a of a factor than what a lot of people thought it might be. I didn't 
envisioned there being the um, negation of the of the late February period as much as there has been, um, especially for schools returning coaches as Nebraska is now. Like, if you're a first year coach, it might be a different, like it was for Scott last year. It might be a different thing, but. Uh, you know, if you're an established program and you get your guys and they want to sign and they're going to sign, that that February day is just kind of a another day. Yeah. So. And I was actually talking to somebody from the football office today about that, and they said, you know, most guys they know where they want to go. They're just going to get it done in December. They want it sure. done, and then they can, if they're not already coming to school, then they can kind of enjoy their last semester of being a high school student. Um, but then there's that small group of kids that. They like the recruiting process. They, they love like the, the attention. The yeah. attention, and they're going to hold it out as long as possible. Which, hey, your one time in your life, you get, you you can get all that. I mean, live it up if you want. Uh, I'm not going to hold that against anybody. But um, yeah, he kind of said their assumption. I think downstairs is that's kind of going to be the moving thing forward. Is sign majority of the class, probably have a few scholarships left over. Um, try and pick up another couple guys. But then the interesting thing I think will be with the transfer portal, as I think it's called. Um, yes, correct. And I think someone asked Scott about this yesterday is, do you leave a scholarship or two kind of out there, which I believe we're still under our – we didn't f- really sign a full class. Um, correct. And that over the summer you could still pick up a guy or two through that portal. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to kind of see how it plays out in the years to come. I mean, we're only in year two of the process. So yeah. I don't think they'll ever actually get rid of the February signing day. Um, but – be interesting to see if it changes come about now that we're two years mm-hmm. in. So, uh, I guess was there anything else interesting from from uh, Scott's press conference yesterday? That you well, found? I, was just, I was just going to touch on the fact that I, uh, tomorrow I'm doing a story on Luke McCaffrey, the freshman quarterback. Obviously, he signed in the December period, but nobody even asked about him yesterday. So unsolicited, Scott Frost brought him up and just said that he's been one of the top guys on the quarterback board from the beginning and he's the kind of kid who's not afraid of competition and was really surprised how quickly he's come here and since January he's been here and learned stuff and how he's been working and so they're really excited about him and I could, I could sense that too in talking to in talking to Luke is that it's it's not a foregone conclusion to him that Adrian Martinez is the starting quarterback next year like it is for everybody else uh, He's really going into it with the feeling that he's competing for a job, and that's what you like to see. So it's not like he's just going to sit back with his hand, you know, with his hands tied behind his back and not do anything. He's actually going to go out there and uh, compete and see what he can do. Uh, I think we all kind of have this redshirt thing thought about him, but who knows? Um, it's uh, it just was interesting to hear Scott bring him up without question yesterday. So I thought that was kind of an interesting thing. So I will have a talk to Luke here while back so I'll have a story on him on Huskers.com tomorrow so okay. well, that'll be good to look out for uh, speaking of press conferences I guess are, are you anything else from football you want to you want to touch on I think those are the highlights okay. um, you know nothing major as far as injuries or we'll have a I'm sure we'll have another news conference before spring starts yeah so we're, not, uh, we're not far out from that we're March 4th yeah, so less than uh, we'll do know, more of the nuts and bolts stuff when that starts but it sounds like uh uh, off-season weight and conditioning has gone well and heads and tails above uh, last year, which is to be expected. So sounds like everything's right on target, right on par with football right for, for right now. So knock on wood and we'll uh, go uh, full forward on March 4th with spring football. 
So speaking of press conferences, we had another press conference on Tuesday. It was kind of the preseason baseball, softball press conference that they hold every year before their seasons kick off. Um, softball is actually down in Houston, Texas this weekend. They are playing the Japanese national team today in an exhibition game, and then they kick off their regular season tomorrow. Um, and then baseball kicks off uh, next Friday in Irvine, or not Irvine, uh, Riverside. They play mm-hmm. UC Riverside. Um, Coach Erstad and the boys will be uh, competing against uh, UC Riverside, who's coached by one of Coach Erstad's uh, former teammates, Troy Percival, who is kind of like Coach Erstad. He is uh, an al- alumni of UC Riverside, so he's coaching at his alma mater. Um, Coach Erstad doesn't really give out a whole lot about anything. Um, I guess, did you learn anything from him or Coach Ravel on, on Tuesday about <laughs> Well, it just for sounds for, for Coach uh, for Coach Erstad, it sounds like he's got a team that's really chomping at the bit to make amends for last year with all their injury situations and everything. And I think every injured player is kind of on a different timetable. We may have talked about this last week when he, you know, he talked to the media before about that, that everybody's kind of on a different timetable as far as when they're returning from injury. But uh, at one point early in the season, I think they'll have everybody back and healthy and ready to go. So uh, it's... He's encouraged, I think, mostly because of the players returning. They're they're really adamant about proving that last year was, because of the injuries, was sort of a fluke, but they didn't make the Big Ten tournament after winning the Big Ten the previous year or whatever. Was it last year or the year before? It would have been the year before, yeah. Yeah, so, you know that close to winning a big a Big Ten tournament or a Big Ten title and then to not make the tournament that soon after is, you know, surprised everybody. So I think they're I think he's pleased with the attitude of the guys and like I said, they're ready to, you know, get after it and that's the you know, from like what I can tell from from Darren, as you as you know, he doesn't give a lot of details about who's going where or where the lineup is or the starting rotation is going to be like those sorts of things. So we don't have a lot to go on that way, but you, you can tell with uh, his attitude and his uh, the way he approaches things with the media that he's really excited and the kids are excited about get going. Yeah, and I talked to Darren a little bit before and after the press conference. I, I mean, it doesn't sound like everyone – I think everyone is healthy, which is good. He didn't say – He's not expecting everyone to be fully available. I know some of the guys coming back yeah, from Tommy everybody's John kind are, of on a different timetable. They're, they're good. They're still working their way back into kind of some game shape things. And um, baseball is a, it's a, it's a tough sport. I mean, the first – I think a lot of fans expect, hey, first weekend, you're going to have guys, everyone's ready to go. Starting pitcher's going to be ready to go for six, seven, eight, nine innings. And it's like that's just not how it works. Um, not that Darren's never going to make the excuse about – kind of the where we're at and obviously everyone knows it lives in Lincoln it's been pretty cold out mm-hmm. team hasn't been uh, I think they actually were on the field maybe a little bit last weekend when it warmed up um, but some of these other teams you've been playing they've been outside all all um, yeah. all fall or all spring winter to long so there's a little adjustment period there but um, and I know they're breaking in a pretty large freshman class that I think they're pretty excited about but I think as he alluded to the other day sometimes uh just like any sport, those guys may practice great, look great in the cage, but until you throw them out there on the field, seeing college pitching for the first time or mm-hmm. facing a college hitter on, for the first time, um, you never know how they're gonna how they're gonna respond. So, 
Um, yeah, one more week for them. They kick off next Friday in California, um, Friday, Saturday, Sunday series. Actually, I think there's double header on Saturday. So I think it's Friday, two Saturday, one Sunday. Um, but Ronda Ravel's group is uh, back on the field this weekend. Um, I know we heard from Rhonda, Tristan Edwards, uh, Olivia Simmons, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. Sounds like they are – one of the things I caught the other day was they've kind of re – evaluated their conditioning program um i believe it was olivia simmons that brought it up that last year you know they got off to a pretty good start last year um, beat some good teams early on the season the non-conference and then kind of um hit a slide as the rest of the year and she said you know part of that was they felt like maybe they weren't conditioned well enough and she said she felt like she's in the best shape of her life um i guess did you get anything else from the press conference with ron and the players well, earlier you talked about the baseball team trying to get outside. It was interesting that Rhonda had mentioned that baseball, or the softball team had to go to Wichita to get outside to get a practice mm-hmm. in last week. So they actually had a team gathering to get out of town just to go practice in Wichita. And it was on that trip, I think, she discovered this youthful exuberance with this group of, uh, there's so many, I think there's seven true freshmen. And she's like, it's almost coaching t-ball again because there's this youth and this excitement and this new energy and it really can rejuvenate um coaches and you know and seniors and players who have been there a long time that when you have this influx of new energy uh, new attitude whatever you want to call it it can really make a difference for a group and that's what i got out of the press conference on on tuesday was this youthful energy that they have and they're, you know, they're going to have at least a couple of true freshmen in the starting rotation, if you will, and one from Omaha, and another one, her sister was a All-American pitcher at LSU and was a two- or three-time CWS pitcher. So um, some great youthful young talent coming in, and I know that's very exciting for Rhonda and her group. Uh, so before we get to hoops, let's just do a rundown quick of what's uh – going on in Husker Athletics this weekend for fans in town or the surrounding areas that want to get to Lincoln. Uh, pretty big wrestling duel tomorrow night for Mark Manning's group. Uh, Huskers are currently ranked 7th in the country. They're hosting number 6 Minnesota. Uh, that's tomorrow night at the Devaney Center, 7 p.m. Um, you can also watch it on BTN+. Plus. Um, tennis this weekend both the men and women men's and women's team are at home so saturday morning 10 a.m the women's tennis team is taking on wyoming and then later two hours later at noon the men's tennis team is hosting denver um tomorrow evening or sorry tomorrow saturday evening um minnesota also in town for women's gymnastics uh that is at 5 p.m that's also on espnu so uh, if you're women's gymnastics fans out there and you can't make it to the Devaney Center, catch it on ESPNU. Um, and then women's tennis also hosting Drake Saturday at 5 p.m. Uh, men's tennis Sunday hosting Omaha at noon. And um, they're also hosting Creighton at 5 on Sunday. Um, and then the kind of the bigger one to end the weekend, uh, women's basketball, 2 p.m. on Sunday hosting Purdue. And it's the... Uh, kind of cancer awareness game the play for k the pink i'm sure they'll have some pink uniforms on um so again that's 2 p.m sunday at uh, pinnacle bank arena so speaking of hoops let's uh maybe talk about women's the women's team first they're at michigan tonight um something i was looking at it's kind of interesting the, the women this year um 
in conference anyway, much better on the road. They're three and two. They have a winning record on the road. They're three and two, but have struggled at home. They're two and four. Um, Maybe that's some matchup things, kind of just how the schedule's worked out, but it's just kind of interesting. Younger team, you would think. Had a lot maybe. of close games at home, too. Um, yeah. And sometimes the young players don't know any better. You know, when they go on the road, sometimes they're oblivious to that stuff. Maybe a little so, less pressure. Uh, sometimes I think it's good for a team to get away from home. Um, and maybe that's been the case for them at times. But they've had a lot of close games at home, too. So it's not like they've not been in the game or competitive or anything like that. They just, for whatever, had a, had a tough, tough draw a couple of times. Uh, but they beat Michigan, the, the team they're playing on the road mm-hmm. tonight. They beat them at home to open the Big Ten Conference yep. season. So that was a big win for them. And, yeah, I, I, I'm sure if anybody, if Amy had an answer for that, she'd, she'd fix it. So it's one of those just weird things that, and with a youthful team, you never know what's going to happen. And... I think that might be it. Maybe they feel less pressure on the road and a little bit more loosey-goosey and maybe can be themselves more. Uh, it's, that's a good, you know, interesting interesting point you bring up. I don't know that there's necessarily a reason for it, but if they can continue that tonight and then Sunday turn it around at home and finish a strong home season, you never know what could happen with, these, with this team. Yeah, it looks like they're currently, if my math is correct, tied for ninth with Michigan. Like you said, they're playing tonight. Um, in Ann Arbor, but then they're still kind of just we talked about last week in that mix of teams that are kind of in that middle jumble. I mean, you've got Maryland, Rutgers, both nine and two, Iowa eight and three, Northwestern now seven and four. Those teams have kind of started to separate themselves. But then you've got Michigan State six and four, and then it's quite the mix. You've got Purdue and in, Purdue six and five, Indiana six and six, Ohio State six and six, and then Michigan, Nebraska. So I mean, if you can win tonight win at Purdue, I mean, you could see yourself jumping up into the top five or six in the league pretty quick. It's a jumbled mess. It really is. Yep. And it's the same way in the men's side, really, uh, especially with Michigan State losing a couple of games, well, three in a row, actually. So, Yeah, that's been... Uh, the, the top of the, the league is all of a sudden a jumbled mess as much as the middle part has been for all season long. The, the top has not been that way until recently. So you have... Uh, a lot more teams vying for those top four spots right now, and mm-hmm. it's it's uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens here down the stretch. You have teams like Wisconsin and Purdue that are playing a lot better than I think people thought, and even Minnesota's up there. They lost to Wisconsin last night, but I mean Mar- they come to Lincoln next week. Maryland now, if their win last night is nine and four, and they're half mm-hmm. a game back of Michigan State, they're right up there too. Yeah. Um, so let's touch on men's men's basketball for a little bit. Obviously. Uh, Disappointing loss last night. Um, team is yeah, it's, it pass, is what it is. It's, it is what it is. I don't know what to add to it other than I don't think anybody expected this. Everybody's frustrated. Everybody's disappointed from top on down through the fan base. There's those no if ands or buts about that. If they could flip a switch or push a button and, and make it right right away, they would. Uh, but for whatever reason, it's just not been that way. Um, still, uh, what, four or five more home games left? It's uh, still a chance. I know we keep saying that, but there is. There's a lot of season left. And if I, I, I still thought – I thought they'd win last night, to be honest with you. I was kind Got of surprised at that. Uh, yeah, I thought – you think in the back of your head all it takes is just one – win you know indiana won at michigan state nobody thought that could happen um indiana was without juan morgan and won in overtime in east lansing and 
Penn State hasn't won a game all year. They go on the road. They win at Northwestern. So you, you think that the team sees those outcomes and think, okay, we can be that team. And I do. I think it just takes one win to get their confidence back. But until they until they get over that hump, it's 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 going to be a it's going to be a tough it's going to be a tough go. So uh, offensively is that's you know that's their deal right now. Defensively, I, I think if you want to look at things like effort and attitude and those sorts of things. If you want to look at their defense, I mean, they held Maryland to 60 points last night. You hold a team to 60 in the Big Ten at home, you should be able to win. So I still think it's a confidence thing. I still think it's a mental thing. And it's showing up more on the offensive end than it is the defensive end. And it's uh, it's frustrating, I know. But again, there's it's, the season's not over. We're still the first part of February. So to, to throw up the white flag, I think, is... As for a player or coach or even a fan, I think is way too soon to do, but still acknowledging that, yeah, it's it's rough right now. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. Yep, looks like uh, eight games left in the regular season, four on the road, four at home. You've got uh, the Saturday, Purdue uh, is the first of the four road games, followed by Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State, and then your four home games really remaining. Start with uh, Minnesota next Wednesday. Then you've got uh, Northwestern, Purdue, and then the uh, regular season finale on March 10th against Iowa. So, like you said, a lot of a lot of season left. Um, and heck, you you go <laughs> four and four in that stretch, and you never know. You never know. So but you got to get that one win first, and yeah. until that happens, it's it's going to be rough. But speaking of jump back to Coach Urstadt's one thing I always. I worked with the baseball team for quite a few years. One thing I always heard him say was the toughest thing was once the he called it the dirty snowball got rolling down the hill. It was yeah. really hard to stop it, and eventually someone just has to stop it. And then once you can do that, then everything just gets easier. And so, like yeah. I said, it's it's just getting that one win and kind of changing the the mental aspect of it. So, um, well, Brian, uh, another uh, week, <laughs> another week. One thing, I, I guess, are you an NBA guy? No. No. Okay, no. so you did not care about Anthony Davis. Who's he? Oh, I'm come kidding. on. <laughs> uh, supposedly the, tra- the, the trade deadline has come and passed, and he is not becoming an L.A. Laker. But supposedly mm-hmm. the Lakers have cleared cap space to bring on one Carmelo Anthony via buyout. How do you feel about Carmelo, Carmelo Anthony becoming an L.A. Laker? Didn't. Is he still playing? He's old. He's currently not playing, I believe. He started the season in Houston, uh, was cut. Then he wow. became, I believe, a Chicago Bull. I'm not sure he ever actually was played he, for the was Bulls. Was it in 2003 he won at Syracuse? Is that the year they won the national title uh, with him? Him and um, what was the guard's name? Mac, McNamara? Is that right? Yeah, was that the same year? I don't know. Well, now i got to look it up. But uh, I, I can't believe you're not an NBA guy. Strictly, no, strictly I'm, college I'm, basketball. I'm, 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 I'm just, uh, you know, I'll pay attention maybe to the playoffs and then okay. I think finals, that's uh, maybe. But. I think we've discussed this before. You're much more of a, a college basketball guy. Um, more pro but. baseball. So I'm, I'm anxious for the pitchers and catchers to report next week and, and to get that thing going. It's a sure sign of spring. You are correct. 2003, Syracuse Orangeman. Yeah. Well, I mean, I knew he played at Syracuse for Jim Beheim, but I wasn't sure on the year. So there you go, yeah. 2003. Um, well, yeah, if there's not anything else, uh, get out, get out, support your Huskers this weekend. Um, 
You can find all of it on Huskers.com, all of our schedule and timing information. Um, I know Brian had already talked about he's writing a feature on uh, Luke McCaffrey. Any Anything else you want to pub up a little bit that you're that you're working on that might there's be coming down the pipe? Stay, uh, excuse me, there's a story up there now on uh, Tristan Edwards from the softball team also had a Q&A this week with uh, George Cushy. Thank you. I yes. can't pronounce oh, his last yes. name. So the mile long, uh, the the sub miler. Excuse me, the sub four minute four miler. minute miler. We discussed My goodness. This, we yeah, discussed last this last week, week so uh, he, that he was going for the record, and, and he accomplished that feat uh, just barely. In fact, there were two runners. The guy he beat from Missouri also ran a sub four mile. So there were two such runners, but he became the first from Nebraska to do it, uh, the standard mile uh, indoors, and congratulations to him. So there's also a Q&A on Huskers.com where I visited with him so what, I guess earlier what, in the week about him and his accomplishment and his background. He's a freshman and now you've run a four minute mile. I guess what else is there to do in your college career? Um, go to Disney World. <laughs> He probably—I don't know—he's from South Africa. If I'm yeah, he's correct. also twenty years old. He's not your typical okay. freshman. So, but. okay, interesting. Yeah. Well, that's what's uh, that's what's going on. All right. Well, until next week, uh, we bid you adieu for for uh, myself and for Brian. Uh, like I said, go to Hustlers.com, read everything Brian's writing, and otherwise follow him on Twitter, uh, GBR Rosenthal. See you later.